1: This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Hello everyone, my name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan. We are recording this late on Sunday, June 26th. You are hearing this in the wee morning hours, probably, of Monday, June 27th. And... Brendan and I talked to you uh, on Friday night about the first game of the Cubs series with the Cardinals, so if you missed that episode, uh, we were joined by Ryan Herrera live from Bush Stadium, so check that one out. It dropped uh, on Saturday morning, but we have plenty to talk about with the latter two games in this three-game set, and Brendan, you know, it's been a tough season. For the Cubs. Their record isn't good. Mm-hmm. We're barreling towards another potentially traumatic trade deadline. It hasn't gone the way that we wanted it to, but you know what's still fun no matter what, what's that? Brendan? Nico. Well, yeah, but on a broader <laughs> perspective, no matter what I know, I know, is going just, on, you know, know. what's when still fun? Beating the Cardinals. When Corey. you take of course. two or three from the Cardinals of in, in St. Louis, Louis, too. St. Louis. Yeah, and the way they did it. As always.
0: (laughs) And the way they did it too. You come back down five nothing in that second in that last game of the series and you win the game in extras in dramatic fashion. So it is a good weekend. You do have to savor these these small
1: victories, Corey. Yes. I am sick and tired of hearing about Tommy Edman and Paul Goldschmidt. I know. And whatever a Gorman is. Enough. All right we're done. I don't care about the Cubs record. We've litigated this enough, but it is very nice to take two of three from the St. Louis Cardinals and give that back to them in front of those fans. It's it's always sweet, no matter what the Cubs situation is. But plenty to talk about in these last two games. Um, obviously, again, you know, we, we went in depth on, on Kyle Hendricks on Friday night with Ryan. Um, so do check that out if you want to hear about Kyle Hendricks specifically. But Just to set the table again for the whole series, Cubs do take two of three on Friday. It was a three to nothing win for the Cubs uh, by the aforementioned Kyle Hendricks. Seven and a third, five hits, no runs, one walk, and six strikeouts. Nico Horner with his fourth home run of the year in that game, and he is going to kick off our discussion in a second here. Yes, Brendan has been chomping at the bit to talk about one Nico Horner. On Saturday, it was a 5-3 to three Cardinals win. The Cubs uh, tie the game late in the eighth inning with a two-spot, but the Cardinals responded right back in the bottom half. Uh, to win that game. Mark Leiter Jr. taking the loss in relief for the Cubs in this one. Adrian Sampson does get the start. We mentioned that, uh, you know, setting up this series that he had earned that in the previous relief outing um, a little over four innings in relief, uh, you know, probably about a week ago. So he earned this start and he did pretty well, Brendan. So we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit too. Yeah. Five innings, four hits, two earned, two walks, and five strikeouts for Sampson. A nice outing there. The Cubs getting their runs in that game on an Alfonso Rivas sack fly and Rafael Ortega's fourth home run of the year. And on Sunday, the Cubs winning this one in extra innings. They get one across in the 10th. The Cardinals fail to do so. And the pitching on Sunday, another rough one for Alec Mills. So it has been a struggle for Mills uh, since he has returned two and two thirds, six hits, five runs, one walk, one strikeout. His ERA sitting at 9.87 on the season. He gives up three homers in this one. Not great. Something else we're going to touch on, and I want to get Brendan's thoughts on, we do see Matt Swarmer in a relief appearance this time. Two and a third, no hits, no runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. So interesting for a guy that we had seen, you know, kind of start to struggle uh, multiple times through the order in those starts but we did see some flashes of maybe a a reliever, and we kind of got a look at that on Sunday. And then it followed with, uh, we talked about this on Friday, Brendan, like the kind of recipe you would have hoped for in Cubs victories. And this is what it looked like uh, on Sunday, even though they didn't get the win until later. They weren't protecting a lead, but they were keeping them in the game. Clean inning from Chris Martin, clean inning from Rowan Wick, Clean inning from Michael Gibbons, inning and in two thirds from Gibbons with three strikeouts there. So a great outing for Michael Gibbons. And then David Robertson actually picks up the win with two strikeouts, no hits, no runs over an inning and a third of work. So great work from the uh, kind of big four, I guess, uh, without Scott Efrost, but the big four uh, in the Cubs bullpen really shutting it down. But, uh, we we talked about how nice it is to win in St. Louis. We kind of talked about everything. We'll get into the specifics, but Brendan, let's just jump into it. Right? Let's do it. Go ahead, please. Like, please, please just wax poetic about Nico Horner I've as much as you to want. Do
0: this. Thank you, Corey. Nico Horner is on a hot streak here, Corey, on the year. His numbers, his offensive numbers are above average. His WRC plus is 106. His weighted on base average is 323. His batting average is 295. But the most significant development of Nico is that defense. He has by far the best outs above average for a shortstop in MLB, but like by far. Right now, the total tally for his OAA is 10. The next shortstop behind him, Corey, is Jeremy Pena of Houston at six. He's almost double that of the most valuable shortstop defensively in the league. And it was not even, what is it, seven, eight months ago, there were, and I think the, like, rational discussions whether he could play shortstop, whether that arm strength could hold up moving from second base. And I understood all that. And they were, again, they were rational discussions. But it's such a contrast when you think about where we were discussing that back in December, back mm-hmm. in January, to now the numbers are staggering, dude. Like, this is really a phenomenal development. And he's on pace realistically to finish this season. With between 3.5 to 4 war. That's incredible, Corey. That could be the highest war on this team from the positional stand, uh, from the positional group. Nico Horner, Corey. And so, like, I know there's going to be free agent shortstops coming up here in the offseason. And I'm sure we'll talk about whether the Cup should be approaching these guys. What does that mean for Nico's future? And what I mean with that is you have Trey Turner, Dan's B Swanson, Carlos Correa, all going to be free Asians, presumably. But in the current moment right now, just to take that future discussion away, what a development and what hard work Nico has put in to get to this point. It does make you believe that there's more to come. And that's a really, really good place to be.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really exciting development. And one of the things that, you know, and of course, it's it's we're not even in July yet. So, you know, you still have time to go here. Um, But this is one of those questions that I, you know, do I want to say it's been answered? I I don't know. It certainly seems that way. Right. Um, What's in what's the question? The the question is, who is he? Right and yeah. And what do the Cubs have in him and and what type of role can he play on this team going forward? The player that you're looking at in 2022, uh, none of which is really like surprising, right? So so that's why I say, you know, it's it, it's not even July yet, but, we always knew he had really good contact skills and and the ability to put up a high batting average and things like that we always knew he, he you know he showed that he was an elite fielder at second base but we weren't really sure but everything you're seeing it makes sense it it's not yeah. a surprise it's not stuff that you expect to go away or regress or anything like that it, it looks like a player who had these abilities and it's all kind of coming together right but mm. it's a huge question potentially answered for the cubs because as you mentioned like there there's a, a ton of talent at short on this next free agent market and what the cubs decide to do there sort of doesn't really matter the the main takeaway right now as you pointed out when you're talking about him being a potentially three to four win player is that the Cubs have a young player who can play multiple positions at an elite level defensively, and he has been an above-average hitter. That's it. There you go. Yeah, Right? Like, check that one off the box for whatever you're looking at for the team next year, and whenever the next great Cubs team comes around, Nico Horner's going to play elite defense somewhere, and he's showing that he can be an above-average hitter.
0: Great. Boom.
1: Check it off. There you go. There you
0: go. And the discussion, I don't, you brought up a good point. It, it's not even July yet. There's still is a lot of runway left. I'm sure he'll have to go through more adjustment phases. But the fact that he can play like league best defense at second base, at shortstop, let's say, let's entertain the idea that they do sign a shortstop, whoever it might be in, in the offseason. Let's say it's Correa, let's say it's turn, maybe they'll go after Bogarts, maybe they go after no one, right? But those guys might age. And for Correa, for Bogarts, they may be shifted to third base. And so the, the, the ability for Nico to play shortstop so well, you know, maybe not the start that he'll play there if they do get a different infielder, but eventually you can transition to shortstop. You can maybe play the matchups and that's valuable. So again, I don't want to focus on like who they're going to get. In, in the free agency months from now. But right now, I think we kind of have to like dwell on this reality that he is one of currently not one of the best defensive shortstop in the league, Corey. Yeah, Like that, like how you got, how he got there too. And we'll hear more about the work ethic, the exact, you know, methods he put in to get to this point. But that is, that is such a, An important piece of his development. And when you look at his overall game, he has a high contact rate. You know, the power will need to be improved, but he already has four home runs this year. It makes me wonder okay, what can he do next? Is there another gear that he can turn on to hit for more power? Is the plate discipline, although it's typically innate, can that improve? And we have seen within the past. 70 plate appearances or so, his chase rate has been better, Corey, about league average over the past shrunken now, 50 plate appearances. So that that is one aspect of Nico that's not going to be in the numbers, but you're seeing so many coaches talk about the work ethic, the baseball intellect, the leadership ability, and those all combined, I think do suggest he could be better and kind of break those projection molds as well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one thing that is particularly exciting, um, and I saw a lot of people talking about it, and I know our guy Ryan Herrera wrote about it over at allchgo.com. Um, so do check out his piece. Um, he's hitting the ball hard. And this are. is something that I think you notice um, on a on a daily basis, right? And you know, you and I have talked before about exit velocity and some guys, um, you know, maybe getting unlucky and 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 sometimes it feels like that the numbers suggest that, but it never really bears out, right? David Bodie has kind of always been one of those guys where he hits the ball hard but no matter how many times we said that it 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 you know his expected numbers maybe were better but the ball never ended up falling right a lot of the time yeah. um what you're seeing for Nico though is from 2019 to 2021 he had 4 barrels if you're looking at the baseball savant numbers he has 7 this year already alone that's yeah. 4% of his batted balls have been barreled up in 2021 to 2019 going backwards it was 1.6 percent 1.2 percent 1.5 percent so he is clearly has done something that is allowing him and this is something that you wanted to see from him Brendan it was your sort of number one thing a little more oomph right behind that bat. And you're seeing it. I, I mean, the numbers just bear this out. His expected numbers are all better than they have been in past years. Uh, he's lowered that K rate a little bit, and you know, you've also seen it four home runs. We talked about this a little bit on Friday. We joked about it. Like, you know, we were in the the CHGO office talking about, you know, how many would him and Magical hit combined, right? <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't remember if the number was higher than four. But Nico, it's absurd the the overall takeaway, right, is y- you're you're sort of laying out all these defensive numbers um, that put him at the top of the league, right? He's made improvements on offense. And even in the year last year where he does end up getting hurt, it's only 170 plate appearances across 44 games, but he had a 104 WRC plus last year too. So he's 4% better than a league average hitter last mm. year, right? And yeah. so the fact that he's been able to be at 106 so far this year right that now you're if you're adding the, the uh 212 plate appearances from this year on to last year it's a pretty significant sample of him being an above league average hitter with when you're an elite defender the 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 main takeaway right is that what we're looking at right now is unquestionably a valuable starting position player on whenever the Cubs are good again Nico's going to be one of those guys. And he's, He's at this rate, Brendan, going to be a a pretty significant contributor to that group.
0: Yeah, and I want to see how he adjusts come August, come September, because there will be that time. But the way he's adjusted recently, there, there was a brief stretch where he was struggling, whereas Woba did go dip around 290. And so his success in his last 50 plate appearances has boosted his numbers back to above league average, but you want to see him go through that process because the health has not been there for Nico in his career yet. And so the like how we talked about the LSLI last year is going through a full season David Ross said that was so important for al and unfortunately he got injured in spring training but that was really important to the coaching staff and the ability to project al as a guy and you know for Nico I can be so excited about him you know we're all fans there but at the end of the day in this discussion we still need to see more to get that confident idea because we've we've had similar discussions, albeit not like this, with Ian Happ in years past, where it does appear as if he made changes to his discipline and, and power going back to 2018, 2019, and ultimately he had difficulty adjusting. Uh, now I don't think that will be the case for Nico, given that Nico's underlying traits are so unique. The the, the ability to make so much contact by Nico, a um, few guys can do that. And Corey, even in this last stretch, in the last 50 plate appearances, his own contact raised 99%. I mean, let that sink in for a second. 99% of the times he swings at pitches in the strike zone, he makes contact. That's an absurd number. So, a little bit different than the Ian Happ scenario, but nevertheless, within that general context, you want to see him adapt. And hopefully by August and September, the discussion is, all right, you know, can Nico be a shortstop of the future? It's it's not a matter of if; it, It's a matter of, okay, who do we supplement Nico with? Right that's that's the exciting potential reality that I think we'll be facing
1: yeah and I think you know is a good point you brought up with Alzali and you know getting those full seasons because I think that was something that was especially frustrating when you go back to prior years when Nico had gotten hurt and you know things had kind of derailed his season um, multiple times now is right. that especially for a hitter like him who has such a, a strong ability to make contact and you you know, you always were, okay, we need to see a little more power. We need to see a little more slug for that bat to be, like, really, yeah, we're seeing you know, valuable. That's why it's so frustrating when a guy gets hurt and it kind of derails that progress. Aside from the obvious, you don't want guys to get hurt ever. Mm. Um, is that it always felt like, okay, like, he's, he's getting this experience, he's getting this playing time, but he needs this full season to make those adjustments for okay i can make contact at the big lead level but how do i change this how do i change the approach even just a little bit so that i'm starting to slug a little bit more hit the ball Mm -hmm. a little harder maybe not all the time but pepper in you know at this rate maybe he ends up with like you know eight to ten home runs something like that seven to ten whatever it is right and those are the adjustments that kind of get cut short when you're only able to play in 40 games a year right you know you don't get to continue making those strides because things just start you know and you're trying to kind of get your footing there and then you know everything gets kind of taken out from underneath you so uh you know it's only 58 games i think for him so far Um, And he did, you know, get knocked over by an umpire. Uh, You know, they're like almost (laughs) conspiring against him to prevent him from, but he's determined. Um, So yeah, like, uh, you know, the, the, the key is, you know, stay healthy and continue making these adjustments because like, even just watching it, Brendan, like, it's really clear that like something is happening. Things are clicking, the pieces are kind of fitting in, in a way for him to kind of build this more complete profile. It's making me so happy, Corey. It's so fun. It's a big deal. We talk about. We end up talking about some of these same guys because them being answers to our questions is a big deal, right? Yeah, and and And, that's what you're seeing so far. And for me, like you,
0: like I have like the you know like the like the fan side. Like you want to see Nico succeed just because he has that attitude. He he, you know, I love shortstops, right? And the the difficulty getting such a strong defensive shortstop is problematic for several other teams and the Cubs have been fortunate to not have that problem for a long time and so we saw the consequences when you don't have a shortstop last season and so in my mind it's like all right you know if Nico can do this that would be so huge for this team it's also it's fun to watch like you see the plays he made uh especially the one to save the game in the last game of the Cardinal series, like that, how fun is watching that? That is baseball athleticism at its finest. So it's it's just so good to see. It's okay. also
1: nice to, you know, it, that if he is one of those players that we can count on going forward here, that he has this particular profile, right? Because that yeah. that was a, a profile. You know, you saw it when they went out and got Madrigal and just the guys that they traded and decided not to re-sign, etc. Like clearly, there was an effort to. Make more contact throughout the lineup. Get away from some of the three true outcomes, guys. Things like that. And so to have a guy where you're like, okay, like his main skills are defense and making contact. It's a lot easier. And speed. And speed. Yes, he ranks yep. I think in the 99th ninety uh, second percentile for yes, speed. Yes, correct. Yes. Um, and best. he, like, it's it's easier. I think at least the Cubs it seems to have been easier in the last few years to go out and find guys who can slug right and just hit home runs and maybe they don't hit for average and they take walks things like that the Cubs have had a ton of players like that right this has been very hard and elusive for them to find and it appears as though they have found it yep
0: Okay, quick break here from our sponsor, PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, including those pieces by our own Ryan Herrera on Nico Horner, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice to CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from that CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgeo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. See an edge in the game you're watching is your favorite team prime for a comeback. Don't just watch the game, bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services another break here from our other sponsor, Owen. I have to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen friendly, no gluten or dairy, and easily digestible. To maintain my Elite athleticism. I started drinking these, and I just feel healthier, and know I'm getting quality nutrition that I might otherwise miss out during my busy day. I might have these at lunch, or if I'm in a rush in the morning, I'll pop one of these uh, really quickly, and I know, hey, like I'm covered for the day. And I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows that plant-based diet. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with code CHGO20. Join me and star quarterback Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need.
1: All right, so Brennan, I want to talk about a couple of position players before we get into some of the pitching stuff that we saw on Saturday and Sunday. I want to start um, with just noting uh we we try to keep up on some of these guys that you know maybe aren't dominating the conversation but just make sure we're giving them the proper credit um rafael ortega has put together uh, a really nice season for himself um he homered in the game on saturday again his fourth of the year and on the year hitting 269 with a 359 on base 398 slug 336 weighted on base average good for a 115 wrc plus so 15% better than league average and you know once again like we saw last year he's killing right-handed pitching doesn't really hit too much against uh left-handed pitching i think it's only like 18 plate appearances or something mm. like that i think he's done done okay in those too um but i i did just want to bring it up um one because uh you know he's an example we we rightfully just justfully you know uh criticize the cubs front office for failing on a lot of cheaper you know free agent moves or trades that they made and and you know bringing in guys uh on the position side ortega is not one of those guys this is has been a really good find uh and a guy that they brought over um for the Cubs front office and yeah. he's an interesting case Brendan because he's not a free agent until 2027. He's not even arbitration eligible until 2024. Um he's got, you know, he's on the the one year deal for now for 2022 with the Cubs. He is out of options. Um but at just under $800,000 a year Brendan, like he's in that camp where, like, I think as you head to the deadline, like, I think he's an interesting player. Um, what trade that, yeah, that may interest teams that need uh, an outfielder that can hit right handed pitching. He sort of falls in that same bucket though. Like, he is 31, so maybe you know you want to capitalize on this now if you're the Cubs, but if you need somebody to hit right handed pitching and, and Play the outfield next year like he really seems to just be able to do that um this is two years in a row now where we've seen a a pretty clear performance from him and a, a big credit to him he struggled to start this season in 2022 mightily he struggled to start this season and he's one of those guys that has done everything the Cubs have asked of him right he's let off he's platooned he's pinched hit He's gone through stretches where he's playing every game, it seems, and he just, you know, shows up and, and does his job, and he does what he does well. So I just, you know, yeah. wanted to make sure that we pause to give him some credit after he hit a home run this weekend.
0: Yeah, the, the he's he's doing well. The outlook for Ortega, in my mind, is never going to be in. You know, this could be off base, but it's never going to be in one that's a primary role, even as a platoon option. The outfield as currently constructed, you have Happ in left field, Morel, despite his struggles, which we might get into, in center field, and then Seiya Suzuki's coming back. Hopefully, anytime time now, maybe this week, and he'll be in right field. And then, of course, maybe we'll see morale kind of get spelled by Ortega in center field. But just going in the future, then you consider, okay, you know, Brennan Davis gets back here, and let's say hap is part of this team. You know, Ortega is not going to get the significant at bats. Mm-hmm. So does that mean, okay, maybe we do trade him in the deadline to get something back? you kind of have to see what the return is. Of course, the the free agency not till 2027, I don't know how relevant that is, given he'll be like 37, 38, Uh, a little bit older. And that's representative of the fact that he's not been a stable big leaguer. So do teams want to go out and trade current value for a guy that's been volatile for most of his career? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I think like the... I don't want to compare him to Patrick Wisdom, but Wisdom's not a free agent until 2027. Uh, Wisdom has a similar weighted on base average. Wisdom also has platoon splits this year. Um, So if the logic is, okay, let's go out and trade Ortega, then... Everyone's on the table. Then, if you do that, then like, why not trade like wisdom? Given some of the infielders coming up, and even with Morel, okay, just put Morel at third base. That's his natural position anyway. So it's it makes it like an uncomfortable discussion. Um, I feel like, and by no means am I suggesting to trade Patrick Wisdom, but I do wonder if it just makes more sense to just keep Ortega as you know a fourth, fifth utility outfielder, assuming the Cubs are competitive, because the likelihood of you getting back value in the trade market given his right. previous instability
1: seems pretty low in in my mind. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's it's gonna be one of those things where you kind of have to see what the offers are and, you know, what the front office is interested in acquiring, you know, the types of of prospects and things like that. Um it's, it's just, you know, one of those things where, you know, there's a few guys on this team where it's like, you know, Ortega has provided a, a particular set of skills and there's worse things even when you're a competitive team than having a guy that, you know, you can rely on to come in and hit right-handed pitching when you need somebody, yeah. uh, whether it's off the bench or, you know, starting and and things like that he's let off for this team obviously a lot like he's uh you know just shown the ability to do that and yeah it it's it certainly you're not going to um you know you're not going to go to such great lengths to carve out a roster spot for someone like Ortega I don't think you know given his age right. and just where this organization is but in your roster building, I think there are going to be occasions, and we, you know, we talk about this a lot. Like the Cubs have had terrible depth in some years, where they were good, uh, not only at the major league level at the back end of that bench, but also in those upper levels of the minors, just as guys to call up in an emergency when guys get hurt, things like that. And a guy that you know has has for a couple years for you been consistently above average when hitting right-handed pitching not the worst skill to have. So if there is nothing out there available, I, I you know he's he's shown to be a good guy to have in the organization. Um, yeah. You just mentioned the other guy I want to talk about, and I want to touch on Christopher Murrell. Uh He has gone through a little bit of a rough patch here, which is to be expected. To right? be expected, yeah. yes. I, I don't think it's necessary to sound the alarm, uh, but I do want to kind of get your thoughts on it. So, you know, you look at the last 15 games um, a 190 average, 224 on base, 302 slug with 29 strikeouts in just 63 at bats. So that K rate uh, ballooning in this particular stretch. Uh, he also has an O swing rate. You know, swings outside of the zone. Uh, that has jumped from 20% to 35% in this 15-game stretch. So again, with someone like Morrell, who comes up and and catches the world on fire, and the Cubs insert him in that leadoff spot so he can basically just jump all over pitchers, um, stretches like this are to be expected. Pitchers are going to adjust. They're going to Mm. figure out different ways to try and pitch you and get you out, and it's on the players uh, to do the work to get it back so what have you seen from this stretch for morel and i you know i guess like i just said how does he get it back how does he get back on track
0: morel like it's really important for him to get consistent playing time because right now he's seen 30 percent more breaking pitches in this month than his previous month so the league has adjusted in a way to throw those breaking pitches and and maybe capitalize on those breaking pitches by throwing pitches inside the zone that's leaving morell off balance. His zone contact rate is 71%. That's really low. I just contrasted Nico with a 99% zone contact rate, uh, much lower than, than Nico's, and basically so is everyone else's. But that's one of the issues that morell is facing. Now, when you watch morell like when I watch morell he, he looks like he's still putting together a good app at- bats in a weird in a weird way maybe not even like good at bats but like some instances he looks balanced and he had a walk today sunday in that third game despite striking out twice but it appears as if he still sees pitches well and just given his unorthodox development and his ability over the past couple of years to kind of adjust in unpredictable ways I feel as if that could also be applied here. And I feel as if we need to get that possibility by, by playing them like every day. Yeah. Like, I don't think, um, and you know, we'll see what happens when say is back, but I don't think because say is back. morell's playing time should decrease. Nico talked today, uh, about the value of playing every day to be able to learn. And I'm very worried that morell might lose plate appearances because, you know, Hayward's still on this roster. Uh, Ortega has done well. Wisdom is doing well. And I don't want to take the bats away from those guys who also deserve it. But, you know, this team has a, a fatal flaw in playing Jason Hayward at this point due to reasons that are beyond 99% of anyone's comprehension. So I, I need Morrell to play more. I'm not concerned just given, like, the eye test. Like, it's looking okay to me. Um and the contact rate being 63% versus like 67 to 70% in his previous stretch like yeah it is much lower but it's not absurd uh when Javi debuted his contact rate was like 58 59% uh wisdom in his rough stretches last year his contact rate was like 50 55% so there have been worse stretches i i i'm not concerned Corey. my only yeah. concern is ross is just not going to play him because of this rough patch try to like play selective matchups and i think that's a really bad idea
1: for individually for Morel here yeah i mean he's 23 years old so it's yeah. it's totally expected that he's going to slow down a little bit from where he started and going to have to, you know, catch back up to the game a little bit, that this is all very normal and a part of the process. And I think it also pairs well kind of with the discussion we just had about Nico, the points you're making about playing time. Like, he's got to play through it, right? The only way to to adjust to the way that major league pitchers are pitching to him is to face those major league pitchers, right? right? Don't look at, at anything and say, okay, he's you know, not doing well with these matchups. So we're going to take him out of them. Why? Right? I'm worried about that. He's 23. Let him have this time. This season means nothing. Listen, all I'm going to tell you is that I would have to say a prayer (laughs) for the lovely producers that we have over at the CHGO team um, for when we're on live, but boy, for when Cody is on live, if they sit this man down to play jason hayward i'm just telling you um i don't think there's any filters like i i think swears are okay sometimes and stuff but the rant that cody would go on may light the microphone on fire and so i i just yeah, no, genuinely worried, no worried for, him. for everybody's sake they should not do that <laughs> they should not adjust morell's playing time when guys come back it should be adjusted for other people but what if they, they actually do, send him down to iowa <laughs> Listen, <laughs> fair warning. I, like I'm, I'm just saying, uh, we right may have man. to put a bail fund together for Cody to get him out of jail. Um, Probably, but he would be justified. So uh, you know, that's a bridge we'll cross when we get there. It's unfortunate that we kind of just assume that the team is stupid enough to do that, isn't it? That's just kind of where sad, it's kind of where mean, we are a little bit. Given what they're doing with Hayward, how can you not expect anything yeah, better? Yeah, they they <laughs> better not because it, and and to finish up the point, like it 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 does go to that Nico conversation that like something that has been so important for him has been playing through it. Right. And it's, it's the same for a lot of these guys. And of course that doesn't extend forever. You know, certainly you get to points where it's like, okay, maybe this guy doesn't do well against this type of pitching or this type of pitching. But when you have a guy that was doing so well in morale, like it's a 15 game slump, like big deal right that's nothing in the grand scheme of things you have to let him play through it because it's the only way you're going to make those adjustments and it's also one of those things like yeah he's young and you know of course he's going to have those options but I it you know you you always kind of ask yourself those questions like this isn't something you learn at at triple a or another level like you want him facing the struggle head-on and that struggle right now has been the way he's being pitched by major league pitchers. It's been 15 games. You gotta let this kid work his way out of it. He has been one of the few bright spots on this team. He has shown you he's got the fortitude to do this, the presence, the attitude, the energy, everything. The skills, right? The athleticism. He's got it. Just let him work through this. It's not a big deal, and I yeah, I'm with you, though. Like, yeah. the roster crunch happens. Like, we were kind of worried about this maybe a few weeks ago when he had only been up for a little bit, even though he was, like, so explosive, that, like, well, you know, he's young. Like, maybe they just send him down. You know, he turned 23, I think, like, this weekend or last week. It was very recent. You know, so we've already been worried about this. And so it's just kind of this annoying, like, looming thing. The ultimate conclusion is just don't send him down. There, you know what I mean? Like There's, there's no reason... To not play Morel, right. I, I will not
0: entertain any any logic of the mashups don't work well. No, the sample is too small to make those conclusions. Corey, if he loses playing time to Jason Hayward, I will fly to Chicago. I will participate in whatever Cody does to get this man in that lineup. It can't. It can't happen. Right. It. it, it the, the this glimmer of hope I have with Morel Corey is that. He's still batting leadoff despite right. yeah. his shortcomings. So in my in my mind, now, you know, they had VR bat fifth and they DFA'd him even in that same day batting fifth. In my mind, though, with Morel, because he's batting leadoff, that does suggest
1: Ross is willing to play him
0: in difficult yeah.
1: situations as he's struggling. So there was a glimmer of hope. Yeah, I, I was going to say that, like, I don't think we have any indication that they're thinking of reducing his playing time etc cetera, etc cetera. but like you said say is coming back soon so they are going to have to maneuver some of this stuff and we're just kind of getting in front of it we're we're noting that he has pre-emptively been in being mad. a slump he's he the k rate has skyrocketed it's it's something you may notice and that our stance on it is just let him play through it let him keep let him swim through it he's going to swim through on the other side just leave him alone like let yep. him let him do the work just let it be
0: Okay, another break here from our sponsor, PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app right now and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get that free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbit at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app. Right now, and register your account from start to finish off from your phone. You'll be signed up with the fastest sports book. that's easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services.
1: All right, Brennan, let's get into some pitching. So I I, I, I wanted to start with uh, Matt Swarmer because I was curious what you thought about that. So as we kind of noted in the beginning, like he had not done well in those starts um, overall, but you did see some flashes in those early innings before guys had seen him multiple times, some ugly swings on, uh, you know, that slider of his and Maybe some curiosity, like okay, it's it's pretty clear that especially a guy that doesn't have a, a super diverse pitch mix um, is struggling when these guys get more looks at him. They kind of are figuring things out, but how would that play in shorter spurts? So we did see that on Sunday, two and a third, no runs, no hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. So still getting the strikeouts um, and effective. So what did you see from him on Sunday? And how do you, you know, kind of, I, I know this was something that you kind of tossed around when he was starting, that this might be uh, a potential destination for him and a, a useful way for the Cubs to use him.
0: Yeah, so I, I think his ability to go multiple innings is valuable, either as a starter or either as a reliever. The, the likelihood has been it's going to be in that reliever role. The Cubs just have too many starting pitching options when everyone's back. When Smiley comes back, when Smiley comes back, hopefully Alza lies back soon. Killian, despite the struggles, has gotten chances. And even looking towards the future, it always seemed likely the Cubs would not use Swarmer in like that fifth rotation spot. Um, so this is kind of the role. I think most people saw him in now if he were to have broken out and really dominated with that two pitch mix and yeah the conversation would have changed but it hasn't really changed so his stuff from like a pitch grader perspective it's not good so if you look at stuff plus uh, developed by a lot of different people now but one algorithm developed by cameron grove his slider rates on a 45, rates as a 45 on the 80 skill. His four team rates as a 35 on the 80 skill. Below average, both those pitches. Not not the best. Swarmer, though, is unique, as we've talked about with Ryan Herrera and on this podcast, Corey, is that his slider has the highest release point in Major League Baseball and also has unanticipated, um, I don't want to call it gyro action, but it doesn't move as expected. So, you have these unique features that most pitchers don't have in the league. And so, when you're trying to estimate his run value based on these outlier features, I imagine the error in projecting that is going to be very large. So, that's why I always call my attention that Swarmer could be someone that kind of breaks the mold and becomes a valuable guy. I think, ultimately, that is going to be in the role he's in right now. And I think Giving Mills a chance that Ross gave him today, I I like that. Now, he got roughed up, gave up multiple home runs, but Mills has really good command, has shown good command in really big sample sizes, and has five pitch types. And he deserves a shot, Gory. He's had success. He's thrown a no-hitter. He's been a crucial part of this Cubs starting rotation stability. And Swarmer got almost three innings of action today. I, I like it, Corey. I think this is the role he's best suited at and I'm still curious to see how Mills performs in a starting rotation role.
1: Yeah. Uh I think that is fair and, you know, again, like worth giving Swarmer the shot there and see if this stuff plays in, in this type of role and um, you know, maybe you can transition him there and have something a little more interesting. Uh as I mentioned in, you know, kind of running through these box scores too, just uh, you know, touching again, really nice day uh, on Sunday in particular for those guys at the back end of that bullpen. And a nice series um, for especially Chris Martin, David Robertson, uh, who pitched multiple games in this series and, and had success, and then Wick with a nice outing on Sunday, and uh, Michael Gibbons lowering that season ERA to 3.81. It, it, it had gone up a little bit, um, but just nice to see from those guys, uh, especially Martin Givens and Robertson, uh, their main value to the Cubs may come in about a month or so, Brendan. <laughs> um, but you know the the performances are all kind of different. Um, but you know we did see the Cubs make some some you know a flurry of moves with Kimbrel, Chafin, and Tapera last year at the deadline, and it looks like they are certainly going to be fielding some calls. Uh, if teams are in need of veteran relievers yes
0: the bullpen has been a little shaky recently despite givens has been better you know ethan roberts is going to tommy john unfortunately that's pretty disappointing given his early season success and then Roman Wick, his year raised 4.7 on the season. Robertson had a great outing today, but he's been dealing with some, um, you know, un, uh, unfortunate and misfortune with some injuries and everything. So, like, to see the bullpen kind of get back on track is, is great. And just kind of dialing in on guys who should be here throughout the deadline and going into the next year. Wick in his four point seven ERA, I think that's gonna come down. Now if you look at his uh pitch graders, again using Cameron Grove's model, his overall grade is a sixty on the eighty scale, a standard deviation above league average. His fastballs are rating really well, his curve balls are rating really well, both sixty on eighty. His cutter is also rating as a 55 on the 80 skill and his command on all pitch types. Every pitch type he throws is rating above average, despite the fact that his walk rate is almost five batters per game. So I think over time, as the season progresses here, then that's going to normalize out, and we're not going to see him walking like five batters uh, a game on average. I think the walks are going to come down. And then you look at Brandon Hughes, who... 3.2 ERA on the year, K per nine of over 11. And then Scott Efros, Corey. I mean, that, that guy's numbers are absurd. And he has the highest stuff score, overall score out of that Cubs bullpen than than anyone. His K per nine is over 12. His FIP is 1.6. His ERA is around three. That's been an, an incredible development. One, like we talked about with Nico and other guys, we're The Cubs have them under team control for several more years. So the bullpen, despite kind of that rough patch recently, there's still a lot of exciting, cost-controllable guys that they have Okay, let's preview the upcoming three-game set against the Cincinnati Reds. Cubs have an off day on Monday when you're likely listening to this, but they'll be back at beautiful Wrigley Field on Tuesday for a night game. We have Keegan Thompson pitching for the Cubs that night. He's 7-2 with a 3.1 ERA. The Cubs will be facing the ace of the Reds, Luis Castillo, who is 2-4 with a 3.7 ERA. And then on Wednesday, the Cubs are back out there for another night game. Justin Steele on the mound for the Cubs. He'll be throwing his first pitch at 7.05 p.m. Steele is 2-5 with a 4.59 ERA. He'll be facing Green for the Reds, who is 3-8 with a 5.66 ERA. Thursday, another night game. Kyle Hendricks pitching that night, 3-6 at 4.9 ERA, 7.05 p.m. start time again. And then the Cubs will be facing Ashcraft for the Cincinnati Reds, who's 4-1 with 3.27 ERA. Some notes that I'll be looking for this series is Moreau's playing time, his batting position, whether he remains in that leadoff spot. Uh, Maybe Sia Suzuki will have some news this week uh, before the next time we record, so look on Look out for that. And then Keegan Thompson, Corey. Looking for that, uh, for another good start coming off two recently good starts. I think overall that's probably the biggest highlight of this series, just seeing that progression. Although I'm still interested to see how Kyle Hendricks looks after talking about his fatigue and his overall physicality apparently returning to him.
1: Yeah, and Brenton, like in this series too, especially with the, the Keegan start. Looking for more of that slider that we've seen that you identified uh, after the first time he kind of broke that out, and I remember when we were recording that you weren't really sure if it was a new pitch uh, because sometimes those classifications get mixed up. And indeed, it is. Um, So when when you look at a start like this one coming up, and you've seen something like that get integrated, and he's having such success over these last few outings, do you expect? to see the way he uses his his repertoire continue to change or kind of settle into a particular feel with that slider? or How, how do these things usually go when a guy adds another pitch like this to his mix and is having early success like this?
0: Yeah, alzalite might be the extreme example, but Alzelite in 2021, he was not throwing a slider nor a sinker the previous year with that frequency. And then those two pitches became a dominant pitch type. So I feel as if it's more independent to the pitcher himself. Now Keegan's throwing that pitch around seven to 10 times in his last two starts. So that does suggest he is comfortable with the pitch. And in its small sample now, which is uh, 16 pitches that pitch rates above average by graders. It's actual stuff. Grade is a 55 on the 80 scale, so that's interesting. Uh, sliders have the best whiff rate of any pitch types in Major League Baseball, so I'm personally looking to see if he throws that pitch more. Uh, with Keegan, his contact rate has been about league average this year, and you want any pitcher to get more strikeouts, more whiffs. So if he is comfortable with the slider, and maybe he can use that pitch in substitution of the heavy cutter usage he typically has around 25%, and he throws maybe more sliders in addition to those curveballs, which he throws 20%, then the whiffs in theory should jump quite dramatically. That's assuming that slider is this good, that the slider is comfortable out of Keegan's hand. But if that is the case, Corey, then we're going to see whiffs. We're going to see some pretty interesting starts and I don't know. I'm like I'm looking at his mix right now, and I'm like shocked that I'm reading six pitch types. Like that's crazy. Uh, We were talking about Geegan only throwing basically two dominant pitch types out of the bullpen two and a half months ago, and now I'm talking about six pitches for this guy. So this is this is really fun.
1: Yeah, I look forward to you know the series where we see him and steel and and just watching those outings um, because you know we came into the season um, you know like. Nico, right? Those guys there were questions, and I think they're 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 still there. Um, but you just continue to see them make those developments and and take those strides. And you know, with Keegan, it's it's been adding pitches. With Steele, it's been watching him kind of get more whiffs and and settle into uh, you know trying to cut that walk total, cut the homer total, and things like that. Uh, it it just is fun to watch, and I would rather be watching them in. You know, a season that mattered, right? And like a competitive race and things like that. But this is the practice that they need to be a part of those moments in the future. And yeah. so it's, I, I do enjoy these starts. Um, it's, it's, you know, like the, the Killian one in Pittsburgh, you know, it's disappointing when stuff like that doesn't go the way you want it. Um, but with these two guys, it has, you know, really progressed in a way that you, you sort of start to see it all clicking for these two. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. And when Keegan gives you something new, uh in a new pitch to watch it's even more interesting because now you are, are watching for their success and their continued growth but now you get to kind of also center it with okay let's see how he attacks these hitters he's got this new weapon he's got this new toy let's uh let's see how he deploys it um but other than that yeah like look a, a series win on the road against the cardinals is always fun and it's it, 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 series like this are uh, a lot better than the series where the Cubs have, you know, made us all pretty embarrassed to be uh, fans and podcasters and tweeters or whatever you're doing out there. So let's keep doing that. Um, winning games, you know, not doing things that are embarrassing, etc. I'm hopeful that Saya comes back. I miss him, Brendan. Um, it's it's so it's I. just been a while. He was he was a a very fun presence, and and like a lot of these guys, you know, he had struggled for sure, and we kind of had to pause watching and rooting and, and analyzing him trying to adjust out of it. And that's kind of a frustrating place to pause on. Um, it's, it's almost like pausing a, a movie at the most anxiety inducing part. Right. And you, 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 you know, you, you're hoping that it, it gets solved and things are good on the other side, but until you unpause it, you just don't know. So that's been kind of frustrating. Um, Last thing, I mean, you know, and it's just, it's, we don't end up talking about him a lot because it's, I don't know how much there is to say, uh, but I did just, well, you know, again, uh, hat tip props to Wilson Contreras, uh, you know, the game-winning RBI in the game on Sunday, huge game on Sunday, and just continues to be an absolute monster, Brendan. I mean, that's that's why we don't necessarily dig into it too much he continues to be uh one of the best hitting catchers in the league he's got a 147 wrc plus a 384 woba and he's just been awesome and maybe we don't talk about him all the time because we're scared i know It's (laughs) it's your subconscious we just it's it's easier to yeah not get attached uh, yeah no it's a sick I life think
0: that's what it, i think that's what it is Corey. it's a sick
1: life that we live in this front office is really doing some irreparable damage to I is think, that a why we brains. decided not talk about
0: you and this episode because we're starting to realize this possibility too
1: i guess i Maybe. don't know yeah yeah i don't know it's 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 we a have weird issues. it's a weird time being a cubs fan i'm not gonna lie it's 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 pretty weird I can um, tell you if they ever trade Nico Horner I'm I'm quitting
0: this podcast that's actually it for me. I'm going to check myself into a mental asylum.
1: Uh yeah, well, I'll drive you there, buddy. Uh, I'll check you in. All right, getting dark. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Um, that's all we have for you. As always, we appreciate your support of CHGO and the CHGO Cubs podcast. Cody, Luke, and the boys will have you uh, for the off day on Monday. And then of course, for pre and post on Tuesday. So be sure to tune in. With them, as always, we appreciate your support of Brendan and I and the entire CHGO Cubs operation. Be sure to sign up to check out Ryan Herrera's article about Nico Horner and his uh, improved slugging on the 2022 season when you sign up to become a member at allchgo.com. Thank you again for listening. Brendan and I will be back with you when this series wraps up in the middle of the week. We will talk to you soon. And as always... Go Cubs.